when your enthusiasm is gone, God's spirit is not. When you don't know what your next step to take is, God's spirit does know your next step. When you don't know how you're going to handle your situation, the Holy Spirit does. When you don't know how to begin a painful conversation that you know you need to have, the Holy Spirit knows how to begin it and will make a way for you to do it. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Before we start the show, I have something to share with you. If you or someone close to you is suffering from a sense of anxiety or loneliness, the truth is anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness affecting 40 million adults in the United States every year alone. And according to a recent study, more than 60% of Americans report feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. This matters a lot because loneliness is stressful enough to raise all-cause mortality by up to 30%. So, I've written a free guide with 10 ways you can start to overcome anxiety and defeat your loneliness. Don't wait on positive emotions. Learn how to create them for yourself starting right now. You can grab the guide by heading over to drmartinfletcher.com. That's doctor spelled drmartinfletcher.com. Well, Marty, COVID, sheltering, and Zoom have been doing a number on me. Zoom and COVID sheltering, the double whammy. You're isolated from COVID and, and disrupted, and now your communication is, is, is suffering through technology. I am so tired of two-dimensional. I'm really thankful for the technology. It's, it is easier when I can see your face and when we're talking, but I'm so tired of 2D. I'm ready for 3D. You know what, Matt? Um, did you ever watch the Jetsons, that cartoon? Yes. So when I was a kid, I watched the Jetsons. I was like, oh, in the future, we're going to have like TVs and we can, or telephones, we're going to talk to each other on that. Okay. So fast forward, here comes FaceTime and nobody wants it. Right. They want to text. Like they want less communication. Like, let me just yeah. boom and get away from it. Right. That is really funny. Yeah. It's so true. And you know, I think that goes for our spiritual lives as well. So many people feel stuck. I mean, Part of that is what launched our podcast. You know, that yes. I really feel like God brought us together. Yes. And, and then you realizing the level of pain that is out there, the level of frustration, even among people who, you know, claim to be Christ followers and who were really trying their best. It brings up something that I would love to talk about, and that's the Holy Spirit. Oh, good, good. And I would say not necessarily something to talk about, but someone to talk about. And what's interesting about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is not just something that happened 2,000 years ago when the first disciples heard about the resurrection and 40 days later, the Holy Spirit came and they went crazy. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost that floats around. The Holy Spirit is, is not just the force like in Star Wars. The Holy Spirit is the mind of Christ. The Holy Spirit is God with us. It's having, it's having Jesus not just with us, but in us, the Spirit in me. And the Spirit isn't in everybody, and it's not in everything, because God doesn't force himself on somebody who's not 
open to being receptive. And that's part of the basic transformation of somebody when they come to Christ is they will put their faith in Jesus. They will put their trust in his work for salvation, for their salvation, his death on the cross, his taking of our sins onto himself. And in exchange for for our sins, he gives us not just the gift of eternal life, but the gift of himself in every moment, which is who we call the Holy Spirit. And what's interesting about the Holy Spirit is, yes, there is mystery to this, but there's so much that we can know. And one of the craziest things that a lot of us have been living a two-dimensional Christian life when God's waiting for us to discover 3D, sort of like we were talking about at the beginning, is this, that the Holy Spirit is literally the 16th word of the book of Genesis, the word ruach. Yes. Which means wind or breath. And the Spirit is in the last chapter of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 17, describing the new heaven and the new earth, the eternal kingdom, and people coming to the eternal kingdom. John writes in Revelation 22, verse 17, the Spirit and the bride, who is the church, say, come. And let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let them come. And whoever wishes, let them take the free gift of the water of life, which is another symbol of the Spirit of God. So in the beginning, the Bible begins simply with soup. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. I just think that's so incredible. Wherever you're coming from, scientifically, and what you think happened at the beginning of creation, you can't argue with this words. The earth was formless. Right. Chaos. Yeah. Because that's what water is. That soup is chaos. There's no order to it. Yeah. It's very much chaos. Murky, muddy soup. Yes. Which, if you want to own up to it, is right where many of us live. Smack dab in the middle of chaos. Too much to do. Too little time. Maybe even being bogged down. Our expectations are not met. We are disorganized. There's disappointment. Maybe even we're in the middle of a disaster. And I'm not just talking about COVID out there, but what's going on in our lives. And only the only glimmer of hope in the beginning of the book of Genesis is this. The Spirit of God was hovering over the chaos. Yeah. Can we, let's get into that, okay? Because I like to make it, if it's too cartoonish, right, or too abstract, people won't connect with it. Mm-hmm. The breath, the wind, okay, that's not just in Christianity, because if it, all truth is God's truth, but when I was, you know, a pagan, when I was like, um, um, when I, I got into, you know, what's something, you know, spiritual that I, that I might want to do, and uh, it was Buddhism, I really got into that for a while, and I kept reading, I was like 19, and I kept reading these things about the breath and stuff, and I was like, this has got to be BS. I mean, it's bre- I breathe all the time. What is it? There is a power in that. Mm. And I think in how God works, I mean, that's we have to think on different levels symbolically too about this, right? Because yeah. symbolism matters a lot. Symbolism is more real than the flat facts, right? There's way more meaning in, in, in symbolism. Okay. But I thinking about that breath, that wind, that, that God's Ruach, it didn't go anywhere. That's it's, we don't create more. It just it keeps you know recycling it and going. Hovered, yeah. Right. It hovered as it hovers now. Okay. And then I'm thinking of our, our kids when they were born. Okay. First thing that has to happen for them to come into the world is what? They have to breathe on their own. They breathe and they cry. 
and, and nothing changes after that. <laughs> yeah, for 18 years or more. Right. Or the pneuma is, is the Greek. So there's something to do with that. And, and as I work with the breath in, in prayer and in the morning or to just change my affect, mm-hmm. right? I realize there's a tremendous amount of power in, in, in that spirit, right? Respiration, right? Pneumonia. I mean, can, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, why start with that? Like, first his ruach is there. You know what I mean? That's, that, that was his presence at that point. It is beautiful the way it's described. Yeah, it's poetry. Yeah. Literally in motion. The presence of God was there hovering over the face of the chaos. And I believe whatever chaos you are facing right now, I know you have talked about being pretty overwhelmed and tired this week. Mm. And for many good reasons and many challenging reasons. Yet in the midst of that, you know, and you have this hope as a Christ follower that God is hovering with you. Yeah. And, and I connect myself to him be- with the breath. I'm aware of that verse. I'm aware of what, what, what that means to be spiritual. And what I do is like, cause Kat, my wife, you know, Kathy, she was really sick this week from chemotherapy. Okay. So I've got a, you know, it's going to affect you to see that. How do I face it? I don't fight it. I feel it and I breathe, right? I just accept it. I don't fully understand it. I don't know what it means, but I will just accept it. And then, but the breath is always a part of that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how available God is. Here's the problem. Millions of people have spent years attending church and yet they don't know God. Our heads are filled with stuffing about Jesus, but we don't experience him present in our lives. And there's millions more people who love Jesus, but experience him only once in a great while. And our problem is that we trust God with some things some of the time when we're designed to trust God with all things all the time. It'd be like trying to catch our breath every so often instead of breathing. And God is as available to us as our next breath. Right. If he's omnipresent... And this is his nature. We, the breath can connect us. To, we can have communion with him through the breath, in each breath, as you say. Mm-hmm. They talk about breath prayers. I heard this wonderful woman who was a great preacher say, Jesus is my next breath. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Present with her in her life. She is not alone, even in the breath that she takes. So that spirit. So can, can we replace? I mean, we won't because it'll be awkward, but spirit with breath in that spirit. Mm-hmm. right so there is a holy spirit okay one that's set apart one that has god's favor what is the holy spirit that's the a big holy, question that is a big question the holy spirit is god with us jesus describes the holy spirit in john chapters 5 15 16 and 17 if you want to read it it's the last night that he's with his disciples he knows he's being betrayed even as he's talking with them in the upper room. And the next day he's killed, mock trial, nailed to a cross, the lowest way to die. And in those final moments, I would be doing things like saying, okay, remember these top five points that, you, that I told you. Remember these top five things about my life because other people need to know about them. He didn't do any of that. He washed their feet as the lowliest servant. He broke bread with them celebrated the Passover meal, and then he began telling him that he's going to be sending one who will be with him, his spirit, the spirit of Christ. And he describes the Holy Spirit as the counselor, comforter, the advocate. When you don't know what you need to do, somebody can advocate 
for you. They can make clear what's going on, like somebody in a hospital advocating for a patient, making clear to the patient what's going on around them, making clear to the doctors and the medical people what are the needs of the patient. That's who the Holy Spirit is. The spirit of truth is another word, a way of describing the Holy Spirit. Opening the eyes of our hearts. That was an old classic Christian song about 15 years ago. Open the eyes of my heart. The Holy Spirit is who does that. It's the mind of Christ with us. He gives us the mind of Christ, the Spirit of God. What does it feel like? When, when, you're, when, you, when you recognize the pre, that you're in the presence or the Holy Spirit's with you, what, what does it feel like? The first thing I learned was in third grade, Mary June Wilkinson was our son here, and she said, the Holy Spirit is sort of like your conscience. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't come from you like your conscience comes from you, or maybe is imprinted in you from God, but the Holy Spirit is somebody that you can talk to about right and wrong. You can talk to about should I or shouldn't I. I think the Holy Spirit moves in my life mostly like a nudge. I get a nudge to make a phone call to somebody who might be in need. Ooh. I get a nudge to reach out to somebody when I need help. The Holy Spirit has nudged me to reach out to you more than once. So, so I learned about comforter, that, that that word has changed. It was said that, you know, the general comfort is troops and there's, there's a painting and he's nudging the troops. He's not babying them. He's not wrapping them up, but he's comforting them, which is, is spurring them on into battle. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's really good. And, and like you say, it's it's a it's a nudge. I also did like a, a search on YouTube and some websites say, "What does the Holy Spirit feel like?" Because I want to know how other people knew it. And a lot of times, it's a real deep emotional experience. So it's not painful tears, but tears can be involved. Or, or what I notice with me when the Spirit comes, my hair stands on end on my arms. And I thought that was interesting. Like, why, why is that happening right now? And I'd feel something really different. And then that pilo erection is basically uh, awe. I learned that later too. So like a cat, when something's bigger than them and they're in awe of it, you know, their hair goes up like that. So, you know, there's, there's a bit of that awe that, that, that's, you know, and I'd say also a feeling of safety, a belonging, the confusion's gone for those moments, mm-hmm. right? But I do think it can come, or at least our awareness of it can intensify. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I discover of the presence of the Holy Spirit in a new way with a lack of that. Like with when a peace comes over me. And, and one of the early ways, golly, in my 20s, early 20s, when I realized, okay, this is not me, it felt like to me, I felt very much of a new balance. And that was before the shoes came out, the new balance shoes. Right. But it's like a new balance so that if I feel myself being nudged one way or the other, even walking one direction or another, just completely surrendered to God because I'm in perfect balance. So if I'm feeling led to stay back or to move forward or to speak or more often than not, not to speak, that is for me a very much a new balance where I am so at peace that the slightest inkling or, or nudge is how I experience the Holy Spirit. Right. It sounds like harmony. Harmony is a great word. Right. For it. it sounds like harmony to me. Yeah. yeah. And harmony is very satisfying. There's a contentment in harmony. You, know, you ever see the Bugs Bunny thing where dun, 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 and he hit the wrong note and it didn't resolve? Yes. And there's driving Elmer Fudd nuts, right? But but the, the Holy Spirit I, gives us a feeling of uh, of just, this is right. Yeah. 
there's an empowerment that comes with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I kind of summed up the whole Bible in terms of who the Holy Spirit is. Do you want me to go through it? Please. That'd be cool. What is God's spirit? It's the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence, which I think everybody kind of is looking for. God's personal presence. The Hebrew word is ruach, energy, wind, breath, the vitality you get from breathing deeply. Wind is powerful and our breath keeps us alive. It's the same with the Holy Spirit, physically and spiritually. Throughout scripture, the spirit gives special empowerment to God's people. Like Joseph is empowered to understand and interpret dreams. An artist named Bezalel is empowered to create beautiful things for the tabernacle. And a group of people, the prophets, they're empowered to bring messages from God to the people of Israel and to see what's happening from God's point of view. The prophets, though, were able to see a problem. While God's spirit had created a good and perfect world, humans had given in to evil. And they had unleashed chaos into the world through their sin and through their injustice. In a way, humanity had returned the earth to the dark and disordered chaos that it was when the Spirit of God was first hovering over it. Mm -hmm. The prophets said the Spirit of God would come again, just like it had in Genesis. But this time, to transform the human heart and to empower people to truly love God and love people. And it's through the life of Jesus, God carries out this return of his spirit. At the beginning of Christ's mission, there's a beautiful scene where he is being baptized in the Jordan River. The Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, God comes down on him in the form of a dove and empowers Jesus to begin his mission of healing the human condition and starting a new creation. And we see this happen when he Jesus goes out and he heals people and he forgives them of their sins. And Christ, empowered by the Spirit of God, goes throughout the world fixing the chaos that the Spirit first entered into, fixing the disorder that our sin had brought into the world and into our lives. Now, of course, the religious leaders of the time see these actions as a threat, and they've they have Jesus killed. But still, though, God's spirit is at work. When the disciples saw Jesus had risen from the grave, they proclaimed that he glowed with the spirit of God. And when he appeared to his closest followers, he breathed into them the Holy Spirit. It's back to that breath thing. Empowering them also to spread God's goodness throughout the world. And soon after that, God's spirit comes over all of his followers. You may have heard, if you're in Christian circles, the day of Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit didn't just come among the small group of disciples, but came over all of God's followers, Jesus' followers, so they could become part of this new creation and they could share the good news and live by the energy and the influence of God's Spirit. And then today, through Christ and the power that he's given his followers, God's Spirit continues to hover, slowly healing the chaos, working toward the day when it's restored to its former glory through the hearts of God's people given over to the Spirit of God, pointing people to Jesus, empowering them so they can love God and love other people. And our hope, meaning but we think the future reality is, and we're going to live that out now, our hope is the Spirit is going to finish the job. And the story ends with a new humanity living in a world that is permeated with God's love and with his life-giving Spirit. Where did that come from? I had read portions of it in the Bible Project. Mm -hmm. So you did you write that? I wrote some of it, yeah. yeah okay, that, that's really good. Here's the deal, though. When your enthusiasm is gone, God's Spirit is not. When you don't know what your next step to take is, 
God's spirit does know your next step. When you don't know how you're going to handle your situation, the Holy Spirit does. When you don't know how to begin a painful conversation that you know you need to have, the Holy Spirit knows how to begin it and will make a way for you to do it. When you don't know how to, to rest, God's spirit is offering you opportunity after opportunity to rest in Christ, whether that's simply to go to sleep with peace or to take a break in the middle of your day. That's that nudge yeah. of, of the spirit. And we have to be responsive to it. That's God's invitation to us. Yeah. As you say this, and we talk about the breath and spirit, and we want to make this relevant, right? So one way I've been thinking about it, and other people have said this too, is, okay, why is speech so important to Christianity, right? What, what is it about that? And how does that tie in with spirituality? And um, the words, you know, we're speaking because we're breathing, and it says, you know, they breathe life into, you know, Adam. And, and um, so there's a spirit that, that is first that motivates my next statement, too, right? There's something that's moving that. And then it gets into my breath and it travels along on the breath, right? And we, we, we did a whole show on just speech and the tongue and things like that. If you have the presence of the Holy Spirit, how might that affect your speech? Think about that, though, because it can come from a different spirit, too, a dark spirit, a spirit of anger, uh, hatred, resentment, duplicity, right? But when that spirit is holy and has all the fruits, imagine, your, first of all, most of your speech will probably go away, <laughs> right? Not yours, but, you know, all of well, ours. Well, yeah, we'd speak a lot less. Right, but, but, but think about the quality of that, because how does the gospel travel? Right, by it's hearing. on our breath. Yeah, on the and breath. Our, and our, it travels on the breath. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And I think having the Holy Spirit, and, and it's as simple as the prayer, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit into my life, come Holy Spirit, guide my thoughts, come Holy Spirit, infuse my words with your spirit. And the results of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians chapter five. Right. So that was very important to me to read that because I, because we're told to test the spirits in, in myself and in other people. Cause I was looking for teachers and, you know, even before I met you, I'm like, who do I listen to? I don't know what I'm talking about. I need somebody to know. So I would use that. Yeah. I would say to test the spirit. Like I talked about the guy that was coming at me in that one show, right? The, the preacher was just like, wow, I, I didn't like that spirit because it didn't seem like it was peaceful and it didn't seem patient, you know, not, not for a sermon at least. So what I would do is I look, how am I doing? I'll check down on all those nine. Mm -hmm. How am I doing? I'm not very patient right now. Uh Oh, go back to the disciplines, right? Do, do something different, but also in other people, because how do you know to trust someone? I mean, don't you think that that's a really nice test, litmus test to find out what you're dealing with and maybe who you are? Oh yeah. Yeah. Look at the results. Mm -hmm. The natural result of having the spirit of life, the spirit of Christ, the breath of God in you yeah. is going to impact in those particular ways. Now, I noticed one thing about me too, is when it came to me is I received those all at once. And I'm not saying I have them all the time. I'm never impatient or whatever, but it was a new thing for me. But it wasn't like, oh, check down, joy first. They're all kind of related. You're kind of walking around the structure and describing it from different perspectives. But to me, I, it, that was one thing. The fruit of the spirit is a fruit. It's not all the different fruits of the spirit. Yes. It's like one big fat, right? juicy fruit. Yeah, you're not going to find a tree that has uh, grapes and grapefruit growing from it, right? Uh, Probably not. Right. Yeah. And 
And I think that's one of the ways that we be, I mean, that's just part of the enjoyment of being led by the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God. And, and it's simply a matter of saying, Lord, fill me up with your spirit. Yes. Okay. I was just going to say something similar to that. You have to want it. And, I, and that sounds bland. It's not. There are people, professing Christians, that they don't want that. They want their anger. They want their judgment. They want their hatred. They want their vices. Like, and if you don't want it, you're not going to get it. You're, you're going to aim it. Everybody's aiming at something, and we tend to hit our targets. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And we have to know that that's the highest thing. No, it's in a hierarchy. Aim at it and be disciplined in how we move towards it or call it to us. Right. You know, a great way I heard described by an old seminary professor was, okay, if the, the word ruach and the word, nu, the word pneuma is, are words for wind, yes. and when you look at a weather map or in the old days, you'd talk about high pressure and low pressure, and the wind moves from the high pressure to the low pressure areas. Yes. And if our lives, if our hearts, if our minds, if our spirits are so filled with high pressure stuff that we aren't willing to let go of, the Holy Spirit, we, ha- we haven't created the space for the Holy Spirit. It is pride too. My way, not your way. My yeah. will is going to be done here. And I hate that guy. Right. And so we need to, we need to create low pressure mm-hmm. for God to fill us once more. That's why we need to empty ourselves. So let's put you to the test. Because like, like look, I had, a, I had a, back in the day, I didn't know, I had one pastor that I thought was a good guy. I was judgmental back then, as you can tell. But the thing I liked about you is I got the sense immediately that you're serious about this. So how are you with love? <laughs> what? Well, you're given the right answer because nice people never answer quick. People aren't so nice. Go, wow, I'm great at it. <laughs> I am such a recipient of love that um, it cannot help but cover a multitude of sins. It cannot help but ideally spill out over from me to other people because I am such a recipient of it. From God, number one. But you're a giver. From other people too. But I'm a huge receiver of it. I know, but you're a giver. You're an antenna. Yeah, but there's tons of people pouring into me who care about me. I know. It's one thing, like the Bob Marley song is one love. You're going to access that love. It doesn't require another person even. Not the experience of it, right? That's just an expression of it. But the actual quality of it is, is in you, in the Holy Spirit. So love, I see lots of joy. How are you with joy? Yeah, joy's, I'm all about it. You're ass, you named your child joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. And um, very peaceful. In general, till I lose, no, start you, losing my mind. But yeah. I don't think you look, here's what, the way I see it is you probably have the temptation to not be. Mm. Mm-hmm. I fall out of peace every, once, every so often. Right, but you, you have the temptation to do that, I think. And then you move away from, we're always going to be, Christ was tempted, right? We're going to be tempted to be, you know, aggressive or something like that. And you go, no, that's not the way. And then you're back on the way. So I don't necessarily think, look, I don't think we create our own thoughts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, C.S. Lewis said something that kind of sums up how you're, you're asking these questions. And, and it's from his book, The Great Divorce, my favorite book. And this woman in heaven is saying to her husband, who's in hell, who's trying to, manipulate her into his misery. And she says, I can't go there with you. I'm in love and out of love, I will not go. That does not make her less loving toward her miserable husband. But it also reminds us that no amount of misery can trump love. Right. 
love is more powerful. But, you know, you, there's a nice expression that says, well, if, unless everybody's happy, nobody can be happy. That's a, a crock. That's a crock. Have you ever been at a picnic with a f- miserable five-year-old? Yeah. You let them be miserable and you enjoy yourself. Yeah. You're not responsible for their misery. I was, I was at a picnic with two of them at the same time because I have twins. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and that misery can spread, but that's our choice. Yeah, that's true. And the Spirit of God is so overwhelming and so powerful that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, they, I am in those things when I am in Christ. Yes. When I have the mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit in me, I am in love. I am in joy. I am at peace. I am in patience, in kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Out of those things, I do not want to go. Right. Self-control, because uh, that was my, I had problems with that. That's a hard one. I was, um, yeah, not, but, but after the Holy Spirit, I was like, wow, I have no real addictions or anything. And I was thinking, why, what's the mechanism? And I think here's what it is. When you're at peace, you don't feel like moving from that spot, right? You're already satisfied, right? You're, you're, you're grateful for what you have and there's nothing needed in addition to that. Then it's easy to say no to things. It's easier to go to bed because you're just, you're, when you're in the spirit, there's a life affirming quality to it, right? Love is, is creative completeness yeah yes the fruit is ripe yeah there's nothing lacking there yeah and that's the natural result of having the holy spirit in you of receiving the holy spirit the ruach the breath of god who comes to free us from everything else and seeks to be in us to move through us to one of the other images throughout scripture is living water. Uh The living water makes us never thirsty again. And the one who believes in Jesus, he says in John, out of his or her heart flow streams of living water. That is the Holy Spirit in me connecting to the spirit in you and and other people, inviting them into this amazing experience. Yeah, that symbolism is so good because water is foundational. Mm-hmm. It's every it has to be. It's everywhere life is. Yeah, yeah. There's so much there. So, so where where can a listener get him some of this Holy Spirit? <laughs> or what are the better? What are the obstacles to it? What prevents this? Because it's so good when you get it. I mean, you don't want it. You're satisfied, like you said. It's complete. Why is it so difficult in this world to access that? Why am I not seeing more of those fruits? I think. Because there's other spirits. I think mostly pride. Let's face it. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit, I'm the biggest impediment to who the Holy Spirit is. Part of it's lack of knowledge. You know, I'm, and we go around living in poverty because a spiritual poverty, because we don't know this promise of God that is there to, to help us break the, I think old cycles, I think old habits, you know, there's more to life than just getting through the day that some of us have bought into some lie that God does not still love us, that peace is not available in our relationships, let alone forgiveness. Or love is weak. Yeah. Forgiveness is weak. Yeah. Hey, no, misery is weak. The problem is we fall into that mindset, which is pretty popular right now, that if unless every single person is happy, no one can be happy. Mm-hmm. Unless every single person is saved, no one can be saved. Unless or someone's to blame and they need to be punished yeah. if someone else is unhappy. Yeah. And and I think that 
first of all, we've bought into lies about what it is to follow Jesus. Faith in Christ is opening the door to receiving his spirit. And for many people, it happens at the same time. For many people, they grow into this filling of the Holy Spirit. And we need to continually be refilled because we leak. Yeah, right on. That's really good because I was listening to N.T. Wright yesterday, something, one of his sermons, right? He put it nicely. My misunderstanding was what he describes, which is this. I thought that, okay, I'd, you're supposed to do Christianity so you can go somewhere when you die. And it's, it's, it's the opposite. It brings heaven to earth. It brings God into your existence. That's the point. You're going the wrong direction when you think of it the other way and nothing changes and you don't get the satisfied, you don't get the fruits of the spirit, right? You're just being Pharisaic, right? Just all I got to do is ask these things, say these things, and then be my old bad self, but I'll get rewarded later on. Yeah. No, the, the, the payoff is what, how you're transformed through the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's praying. Thank, it's, it's a huge act of trust. Lord, I trust you with my life. I trust you with my death. I trust you with my forgiveness. And I trust that you will fill me with enough of your Holy Spirit to make it through each day. That's the biggest obstacle when you don't have that attitude. When, right? That is the biggest obstacle is I'm not going to surrender everything. You know, I'll surrender the easy stuff to you, but I'm not going to surrender my beliefs about revenge and hatred and punishment and, you know, hedonism and wealth and greed. I'm not going to surrender those things. Now you don't get to receive the Holy Spirit. That's right. We, right. There, God is not God over that stuff. And, you know, you named a bunch of what some people might call the bad stuff. I think one of our bigger problems we don't give God the best things in our life. I don't, okay. I don't make God God over my marriage. I don't make God God over my kids or God over my favorite hobby or my favorite collections because they're not broken. Ah. The problem is anything apart from God, anything that's good becomes bad because I'm, I'm withholding yes. my athletic prowess from God. The fact that I love to ride horses, the fact that I love hockey, my love of University of Michigan sports. If that is not under the lordship of God and the power of his spirit, that then I'm holding out on God and not allowing him to be God over all my life, even the good stuff. A lot of us aren't afraid to give God my, my alcoholism. I'm not afraid to give God you know, my broken relationships. I'm not mm-hmm. afraid to give God all my weaknesses because I know I need help there. But the good stuff in life, if I don't give God the good stuff in my life, then, then I'm completely missing the boat and the Holy Spirit is not guiding me in the good stuff in my life. And, and because most things are good in life, now we can think that they're bad, but most things actually, when you take a look at the suffering that you have, they usually don't come true. You think they're going to happen, but that means that you're missing out on most of God, right? Because if you're not in his presence when it's going good, and so my favorite practice is what for that? Is gratitude. Yeah. My prayers are mostly gratitude prayers right now. When I have a great day, I, I want to say, God, thank you for being God over this awesome day. Thank you for being God over this, the success of this project that I just worked on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being God over the fact that we have more than enough to eat and are building up our savings. Thank, I want you to be God over that, Lord, even though it feels like it ain't broke. I want you to be God over that as much as I want you to be God over the lust that I struggle against. Or Now, do you feel it? Do I feel what? Because you can feel the gratitude. Like you can say it like, look, there's a way to pray before your meal. We just get it over with so I can eat. Yeah. Okay, that's not 
the point and it's not doing what you want it to do. But there is a deepening and gratitude practice where you know 100% that you weren't entitled to any of that. Any of those things that you mentioned, all that good stuff, you weren't entitled to and you weren't even entitled to be born. It was just, he, it was at his pleasure. Okay. Yeah. And then you thank the giver, but, but with a very genuine, sincere reverence, I think, mm-hmm. right. Of, wow, I have this, you know, thing that I didn't need to have. And it comes from you. I mean, it, it changes everything in the, in the level of intensity. Yeah. You know? That's who the Holy Spirit is. Yes. And the Holy Spirit is the one that nudges us to thank God for stuff. Yes. The Holy Spirit is the mind of Christ who says, you know, you really need to thank God for this, or you need to ask God for help in that. So the Holy Spirit, the, the whole fact that we're praying is being led by the Holy Spirit nudging us to pray. Yes. yes. Yeah. That was so, I'm glad that you said that because I, I just got that David Pawson was this, he died recently, but he's a British. I like the Brits, man. Those British preachers, I like a lot of they them. They just you know? sound smarter because of their accent. That's why, you know, I'm from the Midwest. So everyone is smarter than me from there, but it's the, the nudging. Like, you know, the nudging is comfort to comfort. It's not what we think. It's not, look, the Christian road isn't, it's easier than without, but there's no promise of just bliss all the way through. We're, right. we're called to carry our cross. Now, good luck doing it without Christ though, right? It gets really ugly, I'm here to tell you, right? But, it, but it's not all about, oh, how can I have more money and how can I prosper more and how can I start controlling the world? Because, you know, maybe you'll help me control people in the world. It's not like that at all. The nudge is like, move forward, right? I'm with you. Move forward. The brother or sister in Christ who lives in the Congo and who is living on $5 a day doesn't have less of God or less of the Holy Spirit than the brother or sister who's living in a high-rise apartment in Manhattan. Right. Matter of fact, they have less of the world in the Congo. Mm-hmm. May help them. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Can we pray? Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, what an amazing opportunity we have to talk about who you are, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, that you do nudge us to take our next step with you, to lean into you fully, that you have nudged us to go and serve our neighbor, to make a phone call to somebody who might be lonely, who might need someone to check in on him. Lord, thank you that you nudge us to open our Bibles, that you nudge us, God, to pray, that you nudge us, Lord, to go to sleep, that you nudge us, God, to ask for more of you in our lives. Thank you, God, that we are never alone from the point we receive you, Christ by faith and Holy Spirit. Lord, I just thank you that you connect us to Jesus. We need your presence. And so, Lord, I pray that you would that you would lead us and that you would lead us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.